0: Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. The Jewish community and the Christian community celebrated two significant holidays not uh, far from each other. Passover and Easter. The confluence of the calendar made it possible for the Jewish community and the Christian community to learn a great deal about each other. And one of the things that may have come to the attention of both the Jewish and the Christian community is that following Passover is a period of seven weeks, which leads to the holiday of Shavuot. And following Easter is a period of time known as the Pentecost. This morning, I want to speak with you and to introduce my guest, Rabbi Mendel Bloom of the Ottawa Torah Center, and we are going to speak about the 50 days between Passover and the time of holiday known as Shavuot. In Leviticus 23 verses 9 through 14, the uh, Omer, a sheaf, was introduced as a harvest offering brought to the temple on the second day of Passover. There was a further commandment in in Leviticus 23 that stated from the day when the Omer was brought, seven weeks were to be counted, and on the 50th day, a festival was to be celebrated. This festival was later called Shavuot, The Feast of Weeks, because it falls on the day after the seven weeks had been countered. My guest and I this morning are going to chat about the Omer and the period of time between Shavuot and Passover. So Rabbi Bloom, welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. Pleasure to be here. And as we were speaking offline, um, you, had a, you and your family had a wonderful Passover.
1: Yes, we did, thank God, and I understand you had the same.
0: Yes, uh, it is certainly fortunate for both of us to have family that come to celebrate with us. Definitely. Um, so perhaps you can uh, begin our conversation by uh, explaining to our audience um, what the Omer is and what the counting of the Omer is all about.
1: Okay, so let's begin with the Omer. The Omer is actually a measure of barley that uh, the farmers would bring uh, the day after passover they would bring it as an offering to the temple in jerusalem uh, in expression of gratitude for the new crop uh, that had started growing uh the spring um, the crop the only uh, the, the the only way that the farmers would be able to partake of the new crop would be following this offering that was brought on the day after passover So it was a measure of barley. The word Omer is actually a measurement, uh, a measurement of barley that was brought to the temple. Um, So it was the beginning, the significance of it was the beginning of enjoying the blessings, the crop that uh, God has uh, bestowed upon us uh, for this year. Uh, Following that, uh, the Jews would, uh, and it goes back to the story of the Exodus, Uh, when the Jews came out of Egypt, um, they traveled and counted the 49 days until they finally made it to Mount Sinai, where they experienced the great revelation and and received the Torah. So since the uh, counting uh, begins on the same day as the Omer offering, uh, it has become known as the counting of the Omer.
0: Uh, So again, that's the days, the 49 days between the Passover, and Correct. when does that counting begin on Passover?
1: So it begins on the second night of Passover.
0: Okay, so the um, so first second- night and the second night, um, most families have a Seder, which we've spoken about on this show previously, Yep. and so following the second Seder, the counting of the Omer would begin.
1: That's correct. And it is counted every single day. Um, so, you know, first night we say a blessing and count today is first day of the Omer, the following night today is the second uh, day of the Omer, and so on and so forth. When we get into the weeks, we actually count both uh, the days and the weeks. And uh, there is something very significant about uh, counting, counting time. You know, uh, people ask the question, uh, why count time? I mean, time is going to pass anyway. Um, But I think the the answer is simple but uh, profound at the same time is that uh, counting time means to recognize that time is precious, uh, time is valuable. Uh, We count, uh, you know, uh, you would count count your uh, stamp collection, your coin collection,
0: Your Uh, money in the bank.
1: money in the bank, exactly. Or the losses in the stock market.
0: We all have ways of counting.
1: That's correct. Um, So so the counting of the days is really uh, to bring to the fore this notion that uh, time is valuable, and uh, we have to make the most of our time that God blesses us with.
0: The great um, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, the descendant of Hasidic family, um, has written a wonderful book entitled The Sabbath, in which he speaks about the counting of time, Mm -hmm. and says that Judaism is a um, faith of time, not place. Right. That... Uh, be it the Sabbath, counting the seventh day, um, or the other holy days in the Jewish life, we sanctify time Mm -hmm. um, rather than sanctify a place. Right. Um, And so many of our festivals take place, um, are celebrated and observed in the home or wherever. Correct. Rather than feeling the need um, to be in the synagogue alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, as you alluded to on the first night of Passover, while many people may have gone to the evening service and then come home for the uh, celebratory um, meal on the first night of Passover, many people would not have gone to synagogue and simply worshipped in their home and then had the uh, celebratory meal called the Seder. Um, so that's interesting to think about it, both in terms of counting time, the seven weeks, and counting time of Shabbat.
1: Correct, correct. Um, well, it's interesting, you know, the, uh, the, the Hebrew word for counting is Svira. So in fact, this time period in Hebrew is called Svira Taomer, which means the counting of the Omer at uh, the time when we count these days starting from the day that we uh, we bring the Omer offering the 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 Hebrew word you know in Hebrew in the Hebrew language every word has a root three letter root word that that it connects to um the same three letter letter root word saphir also means to shine like a sapphire um and the idea when we talk about making time count is uh, the idea of polishing ourselves and making ourselves shine. In other words, to be the most productive and, and the most uh, to be the, the best we can be uh, at every moment of our life.
0: So it sounds like, um, given that we live in a non-agricultural society, yep. in which most of us living in Ottawa... Or living in urban areas will not be harvesting the barley and counting an Omer of barley. And we certainly um, won't be taking it to the temple in Jerusalem, as the temple doesn't exist, um, though we may visit Jerusalem during the time, but we won't be taking it, that you're suggesting that the counting of the Omer has been um, transformed into something more spiritual,
1: so so it's an interesting point, because let's go back to the uh to the historical account um when the Jewish people came out of egypt um it was almost like um you know somebody came from above, I mean God came and took them out, performed all these miracles um without them you know having any work for it or or as some people say, deserving it. Um,
0: they didn't it was, vote for it came this. totally
1: from above, right?
0: right. God, they didn't God. vote for this. This was not a democratic uh, convention in which they voted.
1: They voted God, that's right. That's yeah, right. That's God right. was
0: not elected leader by um, a vote, um, and God did not uh, put his platform up for a vote.
1: That, that's correct. It was a total uh, top-down right. uh, occurrence. Uh, but then, in the next forty-five, forty-nine days, I mean, they knew when they came out. Uh, God said, "Follow me in the desert. Follow me, so that you could serve me in the desert." So they knew that they were following God and would get a a, a set of uh, rituals, uh, a code of behavior, uh, which will allow them to enter into this relationship with God. But these forty-nine days. Um, are always looked at as a, a time of refinement. This is a time when they refine themselves uh, to be able to be worthy and to be able to really experience the revelation at Sinai.
0: So, so that kind of follows from your uh, wonderful interpretation of sphera as a shining up. Right. Right? right. That uh, the counting of the omer then... Is symbolic of um, making self oneself ready for Sinai. That's correct. That's correct.
1: And and you know if you think of it in terms of a, a relationship, um, in any relationship, you have one party takes a step forward, which hopefully arouses the other party to take their step forward. Would. Then you know causes that relationship to grow in a more intimate way. Uh, in fact, our sages have given this analogy of a marriage uh, between God and the people. Um, that the experience at Sinai was the marriage between God and the people. You know, the tablets being the marriage contract. So, if you will, if we use this analogy and take it back to the Exodus you know uh, the exodus was the first date and there is a sort of a courtship uh period of 49 days where the two parties are growing closer to each other you know uh mainly the jewish people showing that they are ready they they are ready to elevate themselves uh for what is about to happen at sinai and um i guess it worked because the marriage happens I mean, it gets rocky after that. <laughs> oh, man, did
0: some would even claim uh, it gets rocky during the 49 days. <laughs> That's correct. Um, but even in wonderful marriages, there are rocky periods during the courtship. That's correct. Um, so we've moved now from bringing the sheaves of barley to trying to understand um, how we in a non-agricultural society can find meaning in this observance. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's one more step, at least one more, that we should talk about. And that is, um, you've just identified very lovingly um, that the 49 days are a period of courtship. But there are some traditional behaviors um, that indicate that it's a time of um, mourning and not a time of romantic engagement. Um, So I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners, how did we move from the metaphor of um, romantic dancing together Mm -hmm. to the... Um, understanding that these 49 days are um, a period of mourning and certain um, life per- life actions don't take place. Mm-hmm. I'll let you explain it to the audience, but you uh, understand what I'm referring to.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so actually, if we uh, fast-forward history to um, the post-Second Temple era, um, you know, when the... Uh, Jerusalem is governed by the Romans, who are looking at, you know, 2nd century.
0: Right. So, uh, uh, just a reminder to our listeners that um, the first temple is built by Solomon, and Jewish history and archaeology assigns the date somewhere to the 6th century before the Common Era. Uh, even earlier, I take that earlier. back, much earlier, it's to around um, um, the uh, 11th century of the Common Era. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that temple is destroyed by the Babylonians in 586 before the common era. And then a second temple is built when um, Cyrus, the king of Persia, allows Jews to return to Israel about 80 years after 586. And then that second temple um, is destroyed by the Romans in 70 of the first common era. That's correct. And so I just want to make sure that our listeners are kind of... Um, following the storyline. Following the storyline. Thank you. Got it. Good.
1: And so about 100 years after the, uh, not even, uh, I would say about uh, 70, 80 years after the destruction of the temple, uh, there's a great sage, uh, great Talmudic sage known as Rabbi Akiva, Um, And Rabbi Akiva was one of the greatest uh, sages at the time. Uh, We are told that he had thousands and thousands of students. Um, The story goes that during this time period between Passover and Shavuot, during this time of counting, uh, there was a great plague that broke out uh, where he lost 24,000 students. 24,000 students died you know, in a, period of, in a period of a month or so. And so this, this time of history also became uh, a time of mourning, um, as we recall this tragedy of the students of Rabbi Akiva. Um, what's interesting, the, the Talmud discusses the reason, and again, you know, when something happens, uh, it is our job to try to uh, figure out what is the message here and the Talmud tells us that um there was a lack of respect between the students uh there wasn't the uh, the kind of uh love of a fellow and respect that uh, ought to be there uh and that was the message uh, to that generation so because of that there are many practices as you alluded to um during this time period where uh you know a Jewish uh, marriage ceremony is not performed uh, and and so on. Uh, it, it's less of a joyful uh, time period, but that has nothing to do with the biblical story of the counting. It has more to do with the Rabbi Akiva story that happened.
0: So uh, you know. at, at some point, again, I'm trying to make sure that our readers are following this historical progression. Mm-hmm. We've moved from... Um, following the laws of Leviticus and um, following the laws of uh, the Torah to uh, rabbinic interpretation, which is kind of an overlay on uh, Leviticus, right? It doesn't. Um, well, yes, It doesn't yes. ask us to do away with the Omer. But it um, massages the message of Sfirata Omer?
1: Um, Yes, yes, and no. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, the actual uh, barley offering uh, was done away when the temple was destroyed because that is one of the prerequisites for that offering to be able to be offered. Uh, However, the counting, which is also a biblical. Remains. Uh, the, the biblical instruction still remains, still today. Right. Yeah. Now what's interesting, you know, uh, even though we don't have the uh, agricultural concept, um, this, this offering was brought from barley, as opposed to many of the other offerings that were brought from wheat. Uh, and there's a lot of significance here, too, which I think will tie it in with the whole significance of the counting of the days. And that is that uh, wheat is often referred to as the uh, food of human, and barley was the food for the animal. And um, our sages, more particularly in Hasidic, in more the mystical uh, Jewish tradition, uh, we are told that within us we also have uh, more of our intellectual faculties that are, that are more uh, typical of human, but we also have uh, the en- animalistic side to us, which is more the uh, drive for self actualization, for, uh, for the ego, uh, the self-interest, uh, which sometimes gets us into trouble. And so when you talk about refinement, the idea of bringing a barley offering which is the food of the animal, was also symbolic of refining our own animal, refining our own ego and our own uh, personality within us.
0: And so is that, um, I mean, that kind of interpretation, which is... um, certainly a manifestation of um, Jewish mystical tradition and um, part of Hasidic tradition, which you represent, Um, does that kind of tradition also serve as um, an additional understanding of why these 49 days are a period of mourning?
1: Yes. A mourning? No.
0: No. Not really. So, a period of refinement. Period of refinement. That is correct. So, I. Yeah. So, um, I'm hoping to to find the question that can help your to help our audience understand why, during this 49 days, we um, don't officiate at Jewish marriages. Um, theoretically, people don't get haircuts, um, right? Yeah. Um, and. I think there are other kinds of uh, traditions. Are all those traditions of um, self-denial part and parcel of the Rabbi Akiva story? Yes. Aha. Okay. Yes, they're
1: completely part of the Rabbi Akiva story. Um, It just happens to be the same time period. Okay. It's become known as the morning time of the Omer, which really is not, it, it's just a, a marker of time, but not necessarily connected to the whole process of, of refinement by counting those 49 days. So
0: I'm going to ask you to refine the notion of refinement, because in the Kabbalah, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, there is um, a sign to each of the 49 days some combination of the divine emanations known as the spherote. Is that correct? Correct.
1: That is correct.
0: And does the word spherote have the same root as uh, counting? You got it. Okay.
1: Uh, they are called emanation, once again, as as we mentioned earlier. Uh, From the word Safir, which means to shine, right? it's a a sort of a revelation, a manifestation of God, uh, certain godly energies that are available uh, on different levels on those days. But what's interesting is that um, when you go back to the creation of the first human being, of Adam, when God says, uh, let us make man... Uh, you know, according to our image. Right. Um, the way Kabbalah interprets that is that those emanations, those spirits, and, and, and generally there are ten different levels of godly revelation that it, it's almost like the interface that, that God put in place for creation to happen, uh, for the finite world to come about. Uh, the human being has those ten levels uh, with We have it within our soul as well. And uh, generally, they're divided into three inter- intellectual uh, faculties and seven emotions. And so the seven emotions are intertwined. There are different feelings that are intertwined within, within each other. Uh, which um, I don't think today's interview will make it uh, (laughs) uh, justice to really go through them. But the basic idea is that 7 times 7 equals 49. And so when we talk about refinement, um, it's refinement of the emotion. You know, the way a human being operates, uh, the mind uh, hopefully uh has the ability to look at things objectively and and uh steer us in the right direction it's the emotional side, it's the hearts that uh, sometimes gets us into
0: trouble. So we've moved um, somewhat expeditiously, both in terms of our time and historically, mm-hmm. from a simple procedure of counting, um, as um, recorded in Leviticus, to a more complicated understanding of what counting refinement means, looking at the Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gives great depth, I think, to the tradition of Sfriat omer mm-hmm. that whether one does it as a simple mathematical um, task or whether one looks at these seven weeks as an opportunity to prepare oneself to be at Sinai, Mm-hmm. Right, because I think that's what we've really been speaking about. Correct. That the Exodus epic says um, that Moses wants to Pharaoh to let my people go, so that they may serve their God, mm-hmm. and so they have to be prepared to serve um, the God of the Israelites, who for 400 years i think according to torah i think it's 400 years um according to tradition have really not had that experience they've been in egypt right um and under the hegemony and authority of the pharaoh and the egyptian pantheon of gods Mm -hmm. and while some may have retained their Um, affinity to the God of their ancestors, how they were able to publicly uh, proclaim the covenantal relationship is a little unknown to us from the text. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've helped us make this transition from um, an agricultural society offering thanks to God to a more um, emotional and intellectual understanding of how we prepare ourselves to receive the Torah. That's correct, um,
1: and and I think that you know every biblical story and every concept really that that we would find in the Torah, uh, in the Bible, the Five Books of Moses, um, has the has those many layers to it. Uh, you could study it as you know the literal storyline, which you know just like the offering of the Omer. Doesn't technically apply today because we don't have the temple, because we don't have the, uh, because we're not into the uh, agriculture as you mentioned before. Um, but the deeper layer, the symbolism and the meaning of it, uh, still exists today because uh, we could we could all use a little dose of refinement, <laughs> um, especially um, for the Jewish people who are, who will be celebrating. You know, Shavuot, in the four, right. uh, at the fiftieth day, when we try to um, reignite our excitement for having received the Torah at Sinai, uh, it requires preparation and it requires refinement to to be able to really uh, make that that time meaningful.
0: Well, I want to thank my guest, Rabbi uh, Menachem Bloom of the Ottawa Torah Center. For sharing with us his insights about the Omer and taking us through the morphing um, and the various levels of understanding um, that uh, are available to one who wants to seriously study Torah and the meaning of God's words. For Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts, I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. I want to remind you that our show is available on CHRI as a webcast, as a podcast, and also on iTunes as a podcast. Shalom and have a good day.